The following program was made possible by Ward's lawyers. Find us at wardlegal.ca. You know, this isn't even that difficult. I just got to even out this side so that it... Wait, wait, what? I have sideburns? Well, maybe the self-hair care thing is tougher than I thought. Good thing my instant barber in a box arrived today. I just have to put it on and press this button. There, a perfect quaff. Uh, if only make-believe could be real. You know, just until the pros can handle our hair again. Okay, now for some real stories involving some real people in Kawartha Lakes. Thanks for being with us. My name is Denny Gringow, the host of this program. You know, I was pretty excited this past Monday when my local landfill reopened. Then I was not as excited when I turned around and went home. So, so many vehicles waiting to get in. And for good reason, too. We'll learn why. Coincidentally, Cuppy the Styrofoam Cup was also at the landfill on opening day, where he held a news conference, and we were there. Or am I imagining that, too? Hmm. We've got home starter gardening tips with Carl Kimmett, heaps more music in part two of our interview with that great local band, and a fascinating conversation with a young woman self-isolating in Lindsay instead of her home in California. This is the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. Yeah, my hair has gone from rock star elder statesman to mugshot of roadie who sold the band's gear on Kijiji. I am not even going to attempt to repair my hair, but others are. Hair clippers and hair coloring kits are flying off store shelves. Erwin Stroback of Bethany ain't no hairstylist by trade. But that didn't deter him and his wife, Angelique. You know, it's hair. It'll grow back. Whatever. She's not going out anyway, so who's going to see her? <laughs> this is good. Okay, well, who approached who about this do-it-yourself route? I asked him to, to do my hair. What was your reaction, Erwin? Oh, I said, fine. Oh, yeah, but you see, I did read the instructions. Normally, I would, but there's too much on the line not to read the instructions. <laughs> and then I had Angelique read the instructions. It's a good thing I did because he didn't remember half of what he read. So. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, take me to that moment when you were literally just moments away from starting. Describe what you were feeling at that time. <laughs> I'm saving lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> I had actually no trepidation whatsoever. I was just relieved it was going to get done. Really? What's the worst that could happen? Turn green or something? I don't know. Right, but that's not your hair you're talking about right now, Erwin, either. So, <laughs> Well, I guess probably in the back of my mind, I was thinking, well, you know, I could, Phil is the guy who always does my hair. So I'm used to a guy doing my hair anyway. It happens to be a bodybuilder, but I'm not nervous at all about that. <laughs> Angelique, why do you think um, people, men and women, are a little bit cautious about having people work on their hair then, if, if both of you were, were all in? See, I'm not somebody who who is very, I, I don't spend time on my hair. I don't do anything to my hair because anytime I attempt to do something to my hair, as in styling it, I usually end up wetting it again or something because I've made such a mess. So I'm not somebody who has tried to have this perfect coiffure ever, like, because it's just not in me to 
to produce it. So. But did he, you know, you know, one of the worst questions a guy can get is when they ask, what should I do with my hair? Well, what what should one do with one hair then? You answer that one. <laughs> Whatever he answers, I'll do the opposite. <laughs> what advice would you give people who are just on the, the cusp right now of thinking, do I or don't I? Do I cut my loved one's hair or do I let them cut my hair? Read the instructions, yeah, especially if you're a guy. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It didn't seem that difficult. Well, how good is your relationship first? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Monique Malosh from Ward's Lawyers and Lindsay, your official sponsor of The Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes. As I mentioned earlier, I was pretty pumped about the reopening of the Lindsay Ops landfill on Monday. Hey, who's in his 50s in this podcast, huh? Vehicles were backed up all the way outside the gate, so I left. David Kerr oversees the landfills in his role as manager of environmental services for the city of Kawartha Lakes. I spoke to him on Monday afternoon, shortly after my return, with a truck full of stuff. We were expecting um, fairly long lineups. We were trying to do what we could to minimize that. But, you know, we've talked to other municipalities and they've experienced the same. You know, being the first day open, uh, you know, after a couple months, there's been people that are just itching to to get out to uh, visit the landfill for their needs. I was one of those people. You mentioned conferring with the other municipalities across Ontario. Was it a province-wide directive or was it left up to your uh, to the city of Kawartha Lakes to determine whether or not to close the landfill? You know, certainly at the at the beginning of this and the and the concern there were uh, you know various groups, uh, you know, large Ontario-wide groups such as Municipal Waste Association, uh, Waste Management, associ- various Waste Management Associations that uh, were uh, were recommending uh, you know strict procedures. But was it the province that said you must close them, or or was it an option to leave them open? It would seem like that was one of the ultimate social distancing services that could have been maintained. So I'm just wondering what went into the decision to say no, we're going to choose to close it. It was a municipal decision. It was based on on health and safety. The province had you know, declared uh, landfills and waste management an an essential service. However, uh, it was pretty much industry-wide from from the municipalities to close the the landfill sites until the landfills could be set up in a way that avoided uh, the the uh, hand-to-hand physical distancing uh, work. Hmm. Because there isn't a lot of hand-to-hand contact, is there, for the the most part, when you're going through the, the landfill? Well, at one time, uh, we would accept cash, you know, quite freely. However, there's the issue of of transferring the virus through cash and handling that and decontaminating that. So, uh, so that was one of the areas that we had a concern with. The other was handing the debit machine uh, back and forth via hand to hand. We tried to minimize that. Uh, we've made huge changes in that in that regard. Uh, for instance, uh, we've got a speaker system at the landfill that you can actually close the doors, the gates, uh, the windows, and then you can speak through that. So you don't have to open up the window and, and talk directly to a person. We've got to sign up to say, uh, you know, please do not use cash. We're not accepting cash. And I think most municipalities across Canada are not using cash. Mm-hmm. We have a uh, an extension uh, rod with uh, basket uh, type of 
apparatus on it that the debit machine can be set in and it can be handed out through the window you know when it comes back it can be uh you know decontaminated the landfill uh, scale house attendants uh you know have got masks on uh we're doing everything we can to uh, to protect our staff and also to ensure that there's there's protection with the public the people on the site what are they telling you the people who are working today there was a fair amount of anxiety mm-hmm. that's uh, fair you know what at the at the beginning uh we've had a lot of staff meetings we've got uh you know procedures we've gone over with people tried to get their input in what their concerns are we've been prepared with uh as many staff as possible we've got uh several people monitoring the front gate we've got people monitoring our our recycling area to make sure you know people aren't coming into close contact with themselves and we're limiting the numbers to 10 people at one time one thing i i would like to mention is that it's important very important to to stress to to, to people that coming to the landfill the intention is not to throw the the gate open and and just to say business as usual come to the landfill if you've got an essential waste need My thanks to David Kerr with the city of Kawartha Lakes, who confirms that the three-bag limit, not two bags, of curbside garbage continues, which should make those trips to the landfill less frequent. I did get there, by the way, early on Tuesday morning, and I got in quite smoothly. Now, when you do go to the landfill, be nice and look the staff in the eyes and say, thanks. You're listening to the Advocate Podcast, stories from Kawartha Lakes, brought to you by Ward's Lawyers of Lindsay. Find out what they can do for you by visiting wardlegal.ca. Okay, hang on. I just got to water my tomatoes over here by the window. I think those are the tomatoes I planted. Huh, I don't, maybe they're cucumbers or what Carl Kimmett calls cukes. Carl has had a long career in horticulture and with nurseries. He was also part of the Faculty of Forestry at Fleming College. Okay, Carl, this is my first foray in starting plants in the house. Am I in over my head here? No, not at all. Work with the the, the annuals that you're most familiar with, and most people are going to be starting annual plants uh, in, in, in the house uh, by now. What if I uh, haven't done this at all? What, what if I have no relationship to annuals? What, what would you suggest? <laughs> you still have time. Take a look at that seed and just, just grasp in, in the gardener's mind that all of the energy that that little seed needs to germinate is, is within that seed. All it needs right now is lengthening days, which, which we're certainly getting. It, it needs moisture, certainly and it needs a certain amount of light. Heat is probably the least important. These these seeds will germinate in relatively cool temperatures, but obviously above obviously above freezing. So what I've started here this year is all kinds of greens. I happen to like herbs, so I've I've started those and I've started about five varieties of lettuce, uh, chard, um bok choy um anything that's going to produce green plants so stuff that green. grows above the ground as opposed to below the earth that's correct and i can produce all of that crop in pot they may never hit my garden you should have something that's got drainage in the bottom and you're going to sow your seeds uh, not just willy-nilly but but in in straight rows uh, relatively well spaced and and that's hard to define because most of it will get transplanted into another pot. 
you do not start seeds in heavy garden soil. Oh, so I can't just grab a shovel in my backyard, scoop some stuff up, and, and mash it up? Uh, bad news, bad news. Not outdoor soil because that has natural bacteria in it, which will will affect the, the germinating seedling. So I guess the logic is that when I do transfer them outside into the garden, they're hardy enough that they can handle that outdoor soil at that point? That's correct. Tomatoes are guaranteed. Cukes can start any time, not, not too late for them. So just keep nurturing them while uh, until we, we reach, what, 10, 15 degrees, I guess? Well, it, it's that nighttime temperature that's critical. Day, daytime's fine. It, it'll be fine, uh, hopefully, from now on. What's the biggest challenge with all of this for for the person who's doing it for the first time? Biggest challenge, but uh, biggest mistakes uh, would be to seed too thick uh, when you're starting. Uh, try to spread those seeds out, and it doesn't. You know, if you need another container, that's that's okay. And do not fertilize. Here, here's the real nurseryman's trick: you do not fertilize um, until you see true leaves coming. When those seeds germinate, they'll have a seed leaf that may not look like the mature plant. In fact, it won't. But you do not transplant and you do not fertilize until you see the true leaf coming out. Our biggest joy, of course, is having that first, that first little bit of lettuce to make a sandwich or the first vegetable. To and you still get that joy? Absolutely. If you'd like even more simple-to-understand information on how to start a garden, check out Jamie Morris's column in the most recent copy of The Lindsay Advocate. You can download The Advocate podcast for free via iTunes and Spotify. Thanks to our sponsor, Ward's Lawyers. Okay, I'm, I'm pretty excited to feature part two of a great conversation I started way back in episode two with Tanner Paré and Warren Frank of the band Heaps in part two. They expound on their reasons for moving on to a new name for the band and a new future, which includes a new song, Hazy Shores. I think I could say that I, I, I first brought it up we were practicing in Cavan at this point, and we went to the Millbrook Foodland to get lunch. <laughs> and we're driving back, and I said, you know now what? that's a rock and roll story right there, by the way. Yeah. Canadian rock and roll. <laughs> I, I think it's a food land. And I said, you know what, guys? I don't really like the name The Kents. I felt it didn't represent the band well, and especially with us starting to move in sort of a newer direction writing-wise, it seemed like to me, not the best fit for the our sound PR, of music. Like our radio PR says it sounds like an Irish band. Yeah, or like I always I always thought it's like a bluegrass band. Yeah. A bunch of, like a fa- like it's a family. And I actually worked for a family called the Kents for many years. It's a very fine line we found because you, as a band, you do want to honor your hits. <laughs> But we've always felt like we wrote these hits when we were like 19 um, and we had barely even attended shows and, and, and grown as musicians and listeners. So it did in a way, it felt like there just wasn't a love for it. There wasn't an enthusiasm for it, right? That, that you want to have when you're playing and performing. And also you want to have when you're not making very much money and you want to go and make a go of something. You want it to be something that 
you're very passionate about I'll tell you about the night I think we all decided that we're going to change our name. Okay, so... You looked over your shoulder there, so is this going to be good? <laughs> it's a funny story. So, we're playing a show in St. Catharines in the late fall of 2018. Sure. 18, yeah. My yep. little sister was there. We had played St. Catharines before, and we, we never had like the best crowds, but I think it somehow was the most attended show of our tour which was super great and such a good surprise and you know we were about a month away from going into the studio to record our debut record as heaps and we finished our set and basically some people got pretty ticked off am i allowed to cuss yeah sure okay i'll see if i edit it out later let's see how bad a cuss okay, it is here's what it is you guys think you can get away just playing your new songs and not playing your old songs? Who do you think you are, f***ing queen? It was shocking. It's like, we felt really good about these songs and we had been told a, a few times that, you know, they just want to hear our old songs. And like, like, we understand that. People, we have these songs released and people are coming to hear those songs. So that sort of was a big part in why we decided to change our name because if we didn't want to play these songs, we didn't want to have listeners coming with that expect expectation to hear them and just being constantly disappointed. I was probably the most apprehensive about the name change, you know, it was a great process for me to really stretch things, but that moment was definitely like, we will never be able to grow as a band if we stay in this outfit because while it's wonderful that the music had traction, you know, how can we move past it? How can we create without inhibition if we're constantly worried about this cottaging family coming to our shows and yelling at us? Like, it was insane. Uh, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> and I think that was, like, a unifying moment. It was still, like, before, before we announced it, there was still, like, a worry. Like, I don't know what people are going to do, but we just, when you feel like you're doing something's right, the risk kind of fades away. When we started writing new songs, we started playing our old songs less. There, there's one specific song from the first EP that, you know, I, I think is great, and it did better than we expected it to. And we got to a point where people were either coming up to us before a show asking, hey, are you going to play this song? Or they'd come up after and say, like, why didn't you play that song? And what did you answer? We, it's just not us anymore. Like it, it, it didn't feel like us, and we're writing these significantly more, more. I don't want to say mature, but like, so. yeah, mature songs that are le leaning away more and more from the indie pop genre. Why did you decide on the name Heaps? Oh yeah, um, no reason at all. We like the word. We liked it and we just felt it was a cool name that represented what we were doing. And out of all the names that we talked about, it just felt right. We went back and forth with it for a while, but it felt right. And I think now that it's in context, like there's no, we, we haven't heard any negativity about it. People are being super 
positive. What would you like this conversation to be like a year from now? And, and let's note that there is a bit of a coincidence or irony that we're just steps away from Kent Street right now, too. <laughs> They're going to rename Kent Street to Heap Street. <laughs> <laughs> it is under construction. Maybe that's in the plans. I, I would say the best thing would be for us is that Heaps is our full-time endeavor. Having a good time. From their forthcoming album, What is Heaps? That is Heaps with Hazy Shores, available on all streaming platforms and at whatisheaps.com. But the video for Hazy Shores, nicely produced by Warren Frank and his dad, professional illustrator Kevin, is available now on YouTube. And speaking of streaming platforms, thanks to our sponsors, Ward's Lawyers of Lindsay, they're the reason you're able to listen to all episodes of the podcast for free on iTunes and Spotify and also via our website. And you may remember in one of those earlier episodes, my conversation with Cuppy. Cuppy is the styrofoam cup that I retrieved. Yes, I interviewed a cup. I retrieved Cuppy from our ditch during one of my family's many roadside cleanups, which always includes many of those white styrofoam cups. Goo. Well, it turns out that Cuppy is also quite excited that the landfills in Kawartha Lakes are now open. In fact, in fact, Cuppy held a news conference on opening day at a tucked away section of the landfill. The Advocate Podcast, intrepid journalists that we are, was there. I would like to start by thanking you for standing two meters, or roughly, 18 styrofoam cups apart. I am here to officially cut the ribbon to the reopening of the landfill. Hooray, hooray. I also want to thank the ribbon, which lived next to me for several months in the ditch along Dennis Grignan's road. Uh, copy. Uh, Denny out the Advocate Podcast. What does this mean? Please use my surname, Robash. Mr. Cuppy Robash. Uh, sure. Uh, Mr. Robash, why so excited about this reopening? Why don't you self-isolate in a clear plastic bag in your garage for a few weeks? Then, maybe, you'll have your answer. Uh, Mr. Rabash, also from the Advocate Podcast and the person who put you in that bag, are you saying you found the close quarters challenging? Living next to beer cans, Tim's cups, old lottery tickets, fast food wrappers, sigh. And don't get me started on those disgusting cigarette butts. It. Was. Horrible. I will now take a question from a francophone household in Oakwood. Uh, bonjour Monsieur Rabash. Uh, est-ce vraiment mieux d'être Is it really better to be amongst tons of refuse in a landfill site? Mercy Port talk question. Yes. Yes, it is. Because every time the wind picks up, I can float around and visit with the other billion styrofoam cups who have resettled throughout the landfill. So copy, Mr. Rabash, is the landfill your new permanent home or will you be returning to the ditch along my road anytime soon? No, I like the landfill and the seagulls. The landfill is where all styrofoam cups should live. 
until we are banned outright. Ha ha ha. That is all. Be safe. Be kind. And remember, clear plastic bags only. This is the Advocate Podcast, a stories from Kawartha Lakes. As much as we might try to not get drawn into what's happening in the U.S. and how that country is dealing with all of this, it's often difficult to avert one's eyes, especially when we compare it to how our country is coping and how our leaders are, well, leading. For Ev Lambert Flizar, not looking south would be especially challenging. The McGill University student's home is in California. That's where her family is and where she isn't. When her university shut down, she left Montreal and instead came to Kawartha Lakes to self-isolate with friends. Hey, Ev, uh, thanks for being with us on the program. Hi, Denny. Thank you for having me. Okay, I have to ask you, what went into your decision to stay in Canada versus returning home to California, where your family still is? Well, for one, I had just gotten back from California. I spent my spring break there. Um, so I guess the need to go back wasn't very much present. Um, and then also my boyfriend, is, his family lives in Lindsay, Ontario. So uh, I thought I'd come here for a little bit and a little bit turned into a month and a half so far. So did you really only come in thinking you would be here for a short while and then you would head back to uh, California once all of this was sort of subsiding? or? Well, to be honest, I didn't know that it would last this long in terms of the social isolation. I yeah, thought, I don't think anybody did. Yeah. <laughs> um, at first, our school was just, they gave us like two weeks off and then it was, you know, we'll reevaluate the situation in two weeks. Um, at that point, I didn't even think that the whole semester would be online. I thought I'd be going back to Montreal after. Tell me about your conversation with your parents. Well, they were a little disappointed. Um, but obviously, I mean, they know that I'm in good hands here. So it wasn't, you know, my safety wasn't a concern for them. They just wish they could spend more time with me. In the early stages of all of this, um, what were you seeing and experiencing compared to what your family in California was telling you they were, they were experiencing there? Well, at first it was interesting because all my friends were in the States, their schools were getting, um, their semesters were being put online for the rest of the semester much earlier than McGill's was. So at first it kind of felt like they were taking it more seriously there than in Montreal. Oh, really? Um, yeah, but, you know, I feel like that situation has since flipped um, since the States have started like, to reopen stores and um, beaches and things like that. So now I feel like it's quite the opposite. What were your parents telling you? Well, I mean, I think... Things were slowing down for them too. So at the beginning, we were maybe going through the same things. And then it started to build up in that they were afraid the border would close and that I wouldn't be able to make it back if ever I chose to. Well, that was so prescient. Then, <laughs> they, they kind yeah. of called that one right, didn't they? Yeah. 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 So that became kind of a, you know, when I had to make that decision, am I going to stay? Am I going to go? Um, and then the border eventually did close and I was still here. So what I miss about going back home is I miss my family and I miss my friends, which. For one, I couldn't see my friends if I were back over there. So, um, and you know, the beaches were closed and things like that. So it's not like the experience is much different whether you're in California or in Lindsay. You know, you're staying inside or doing walks around the neighborhood. But other than that, the experience is pretty universal everywhere in the world. I have to ask you, what's it like when you watch, um, you know, the American news briefings when you're watching them from here? Because you're seeing, you have a different perspective. You're watching this uh, through a different lens. Yeah. Um, well, it's very frustrating to see what's going on in the States just because there's a lack of consistency, I guess, between what science is saying and what the politicians are saying. For example, in California, the governor there, Governor Newsom, he's 
pretty good about, you know, making sure that stores are staying closed and that the state is still knocked down. But people listen to the president who's saying that it's not that big of a threat, that, you know, things are being taken too seriously. Part of it is a sense of, I mean, I feel like I'm everyone's token American friend over here. <laughs> so I feel kind of a sense of embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not too proud of what's going on uh, in the way that that situation has been ha- being handled over there. It's also kind of frustrating to see some of my friends over there not taking it as seriously as I am. So I, I do have some friends in the States who are, you know, going over to each other's houses and maybe if they got, you know, a better better briefings from their leader, they would understand the severity of the situation. Well, to be fair to your friends, uh, you probably wouldn't have to walk too far from where you are in Lindsay to find a similar situation out here in the, in <laughs> yeah, the Lakes. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. What has this taught you about um, about life here in Canada and, and maybe life and the culture back, uh, back home in the U.S. and California? Um, well, I mean, it's made the political differences even more stark than they've ever been. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of socially, our lives are the same whether we're here or there, but um, I guess the leadership is what's the biggest difference right now. What do you think your first trip home will be like when you get off that plane and you can see your family? I'll be very excited to see them. Um, I think this time is, you know, seeing everyone with their families, you know, going back home and spending time, like so much time with them uh, is making me miss mine more than ever. Um, Luckily, I'm very well surrounded here by, I guess, a new family, so that's very nice. Um, but I'm just very excited to see my own. This is kind of an unfair question, given that you are here now and you pretty much have to stay here. But what are your impressions of uh, of Kawartha Lakes now that you've had a chance to really absorb it? I really like it here. I mean, it's quieter than what I'm used to. And going to school in Montreal is a lot busier, but um, I think it's kind of just what I needed, you know, time to slow down. I go through it for a lot of walks outside. Um, The nature here is really beautiful, nice and quiet, so I'm a big fan of here. I say we make Ev an honorary Kawartha Lakesian. That's what we call ourselves, right? The Advocate Podcast Stories from Kawartha Lakes is made possible because of our sponsor, Ward's Lawyers of Lindsay. If you need a lawyer, contact them via wardlegal.ca. You can contact us, and we love getting your feedback by going to lindsayadvocate.ca or by going to our Facebook page. Follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on iTunes for free. Theme music written and performed by the multi-talented Gerald Van Halteren. Thanks to our guest, Cheese Factory Road player this week, Rose Anderson Duval, who was in Oakwood when she called in to speak to Cuppy. The Advocate Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Denny Grignon. Start a garden, go for a walk, safely. And remember, we will one day be talking about all this in the past tense. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Advocate.